You're listening to the Meeting Midway podcast, a podcast of Midway United Methodist Church in Alpharetta, Georgia, featuring Pastor Jenny Andoni and Pastor Brad Biggerstaff. Over the course of the podcast, we'll hear how the church relates to the real world issues that matter to you and how God loves us all. And now, let's meet Midway. darkness 
into your glorious day. Morning, Midway family. It's great to see you all here. Uh, still in the midst of this season of Easter, the Sunday after Easter itself. Uh, we're grateful that you are here worshiping with us on this great Sunday. Uh, we hope that you are doing well in the midst of your stay-at-home orders, uh, and our prayers are always with you, and we're glad that we are gathered together in this virtual space on this Sunday. I just want to let you know at the outset of this service that uh, uh, the next few weeks we're actually going to be taking a missional focus within our worship. Uh, this week, looking uh, locally uh, with Meals by Grace. Next week, uh, looking more regionally, and then the week after that, globally. Uh, there'll be a time later in the service to give a second offering uh, to Meals by Grace today. Uh, and there's going to be some great videos um, and messages for you about that when we reach that point of the service. Well, today, uh, as we begin the service, I invite you to welcome one another down in the chat below. Say hey to somebody. Uh, tell them that you are glad to see them today. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing holy, holy, holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart. 
want to see you. I want to see you. Father God, thank you for this day. Thank you that we have gathered here. Thank you that through your spirit, we are connected in the body of Christ. That though not together, we are together, Lord, in your body. We ask that you would bless this time, that we grow closer to your son, that, Lord, we, we come back expecting just uh, expecting awesome things, Lord, that uh, we grow fonder as we are further apart and uh, one in your spirit. Thank you for Midway. Thank you for what you're doing in this time.
I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of the saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 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 Before we come to our time of prayer, I want to thank Brian Lake, who's a part of our 830 service, who is a chaplain at Northside Forsyth Hospital. Uh, we're grateful for him uh, working with us in uh, talking with hospital administrators and getting everybody on board for that wonderful video that we just shared with you. Well, this morning as we come to a time of prayer, after affirming our faith, I invite you to take a posture of prayer in your home as you come humbly before God. Would you bow your heads with me? Almighty God, you are a good father to us. In the midst of uncertain times, in the midst of the weariness, in the midst of being a little bit stir-crazy, we know that you are amongst us. Knowing that your peace and your love meets us exactly where we are. Today, we worship you and thank you for your goodness, for your presence with us. We thank you today for all of those in our world who are fighting this pandemic, fighting COVID-19. We ask for your continual blessings and protection upon all healthcare workers, all those first responders, all the people out there that are fighting this on the front lines. We also ask for healing with all of those who are experiencing COVID-19. We ask for your healing touch and blessing upon them and their families. Today, as we come into a time of worship, we ask for the great peace that you bring us. That as we know you resurrected last Sunday, we may enter into times of doubt. May your peace, may your understanding be upon us that we know that you are real and that you are working in this time. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever.
morning, Midway. Uh, before I read the scripture lesson today, I'd like to take a moment uh, to offer a word of thanks. Um, as many of you know, uh, my mother-in-law passed away uh, this last week during Holy Week, and I want to thank you all for your kindnesses uh, to our family, the cards, all the texts, and uh, I just really appreciate all the love expressed to hers and, and our family during this time. Uh, also, I want to thank uh, Brad and Morgan for rising to the occasion and leading us so well on Easter. Our scripture lesson today comes to us from the Gospel of John, the 20th chapter, beginning with the 19th verse. Hear now God's word to us this day. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Happy Easter. It's still Easter, you know. We tend to think of Easter as a single day, but in the church, it's actually a season, 50 days to be precise. Does it feel like Easter to you? Here we are still hunkered down in our homes for fear of the coronavirus. It's Easter, but not much has seemed to change. Life is pretty monotonous these days. Today is much the same as yesterday, as it was the day before, and the day before that, and so on and so on. Is anything really different for us? Because Jesus lives. Pastors often to refer to today as Low Sunday, because it's the day when the church boomerangs back to its usual attendance patterns with the CEOs, the Christian and Easter only folks vacating the premises along with the Easter lilies. For the disciples, though, Low Sunday was not the week after Easter, but the very day of Christ's resurrection. Mary Magdalene has already announced to them the good news that she has seen the Lord. Peter and John have seen the empty tomb with their very own eyes. So what do they do? Go forth boldly to announce the good news of Christ's resurrection to a dying world? No, they go right back home, locking the doors behind them, cowering like scaredy cats, afraid that at any moment someone might discover their hiding place. 
are these the same guys who were hanging out with Jesus just a few days ago? Is that Peter, the rock on whom Jesus declared he would build his church? Is this the church to which Jesus has entrusted his mission, hiding out, hunkered down? What makes a church a church anyway? Here is the church, here is the steeple, open the door, and there are the people. We have recited the rhyme from earliest to childhood. Is this what makes a church legit? A building, a steeple, a door, a people? Robert Schuller of Crystal Cathedral fame was once asked what the most important attribute of church is. You know what he said? A large, accessible, paved parking lot. Is that what makes a church? Is parking lot? If so, we're doomed. Because ours is breaking up and the weeds are pushing up through the crevices in the asphalt. If it is, that upper room with the ring doorbell and the security system engaged doesn't look like much of a church. No paid parking lot, no chapel, no sanctuary, no choir, no band, no state-of-the-art projector or sound system, and no nursery, which church experts tell us is the most important room in the church, followed closely by the restrooms. So this church doesn't appear to have much promise, does it? One year I went to a connectional charge conference consisting of several nearby churches. The purpose, we were told, was to celebrate the ministry of the last year. Instead, you know what we got? A lecture from the DS about lack of growth, few professions of faith, and warnings that failing churches would be shut down by the powers that be. As the lay leaders and I headed back to our own church, we asked each other, what in the world was that? We all agreed that it was the most depressing church gathering we had ever been a part of. We left disheartened, convinced that on the whole, the church was on life support, and what made it worse was we were to blame. Is that what Jesus did to the disciples when they were down and out, hiding behind locked doors? Did he berate them because they hadn't had produced a single profession of faith? Scold them for letting their fear overwhelm their faith? No, all he did was appear among them to enter into their presence. And that, my friends, is the one thing going for the church to this very day. The risen Christ comes and stands among us wherever we are, offering us his peace and his power the power of the Holy Spirit to carry out 
his mission in the world. This, and only this, is what makes a church a church. When I was a stay-at-home mom, I served a small rural church part-time. For a hundred years, that church had been on the main drag heading into town. Then the Army Corps of Engineers showed up one day. They located some graves in the valley up into the church cemetery and then flooded the surrounding land to make Lake Altoona. Now the church sat on a dead-end street dying out at a rate of several saints a year. During the, my first year I was there, God granted the church a reprieve. No one died. One day my husband was up at the town funeral home when the funeral director asked him how things were going for his wife down at the chapel. You know, said the funeral director, it dawned on us the other day that we hadn't had a single funeral at the chapel since your wife's been there. She wouldn't be down there trying to raise the dead instead of burying them, would she? Frankly, my tenure there wasn't much to brag about. Not many died, but not many people came to faith either. We did start a building program. We doubled the size of the fellowship hall and added on a nursery because, you know, the experts say that that is what you need to be a church. Well, a few years after I had left that appointment, I was headed somewhere. When I turned down that dead-end street and drove up to the church, I found there that the gravel parking lot had been paved. There was a banner announcing coffee house concerts. The church would move the sacred pews around on Saturday and invite people from all around to come and listen to Christian music. I noticed on the sign, too, that they had added another service, one contemporary in style. The church, it seems, is no longer dying. It's thriving. I don't think for a second the dynamic ministry of that church today has a single thing to do with a nursery or a parking lot. I think what changed was that they stopped focusing on who had died and started paying attention to the fact that Christ was among them, alive and well. They started to honor those saints buried up in the cemetery by rising up to be the next generation of disciples. They stopped hiding out in the basement of the fellowship hall and realized that the risen Christ was standing in their midst and the gift of his presence, his peace, and his power was all that they needed to carry out his mission in the world. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now we come to the part of our service where we give of our tithes and offerings.
As I mentioned to you at the outset of the service, today we are taking up a second offering beyond your normal tithes and offerings that you give for Meals by Grace. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with the barbecue committee and the mission team. Uh, we were intending in a couple of weeks to do a meal packing event uh, for Rise Against Hunger, but because of everything going on, we had to cancel that event. And we had proceeds from the fall barbecue sale. I was grateful uh, that these teams met and decided to reallocate that $6,500 for Meals by Grace. That money has already been given to Sue Allen Daniels, the executive director, uh, and she's already put it to good use. And today we are excited to continue to partner with them as they use our space in the midst of these times. Uh, and as we continue to partner with them, supporting them financially again uh, through this offering here today. Uh, there's going to be a short video um, from Tim Hardiman uh, about Meals by Grace and the work that they do, uh, followed by a message from Sue Ellen herself uh, to us, uh, this Midway family. So now I invite you to come to this time of tithes and offerings, giving so much because God has given so much to us. Good morning, precious Midway partners. I wanted to give you an update. For those of you who may not know, I'm Sue Ellen Daniels, the Executive Director of Meals by Grace, and we are the ones who inhabit your campus, and we thank you so, so much for that gift. Truly, we would not have survived and not be thriving the way we are without your campus. The ability to spread out and to social distance and have teams that are in restriction mode we're all doing what we can to keep everything clean and spaced out and and making changes keeping our teams isolated from one another your campus is perfect for that and we thank you so much for that gift i wanted to give you some updates the first update is a huge celebration number right now we are regularly feeding 1230 families on a regular basis 2,543 of the people in those families are children. So you're doing a great work. You're being able, you're enabling us to be able to feed those. 91 families are brand new that we are able to serve. And I will tell you that every day we get phone calls of more families asking for help. So being able to offer that is wonderful. And we thank you so much that you are enabling us to be able to do that. Here's the big number. You know, we're giving families all 21 meals right now. Since the kids are out of school and the families have lost their jobs and everybody is needing food, instead of the 11 missing meals, we're providing all 21 meals in just the past month. One month that we have been sequestered now. In that one month, we have been able to distribute 25,830 meals. That's a huge number. 25,830 meals have been distributed to children and families in need. And that is totally because you have enabled us to have a space to work from and to do that. Unfortunately, it's not all good news. There's a lot of difficulties right now. And I'm sure you understand that. You've been to the store lately. Food supplies are low. The food bank has not had much food. The last three weeks we've gone to the food bank, all they've been able to give us is eggs. And unfortunately, our families need protein. So thank you to some of the wonderful people at Midway that have uh, enabled us to get some meat this weekend, that have gifted us 
with some meat this weekend. We really appreciate that. That protein is key to keeping our children and our families healthy. We really, really thank you for that. Any resources that you can think of, anybody that you know of that might be a food distributor that might have access to anything, we want to know about it. Thank you so much for all the different ways that you help. The other problem that we have is not just food. There's no food in the stores. The food banks don't have food. We're asking families while you're home, go through your pantry, go through, uh, find out what you have that you could share and please get that to us. We would love to be able to have that. But our biggest need right now is funding because when food becomes available, we need to be poised and ready and have the funds to be able to access that. So it's a huge cost right now. If you'd have told me this number two months ago, I would have thought you were crazy. But right now, the additional cost of feeding well over two times the amount of people we're normally feeding and twice the number of meals we're feeding, trying to keep families stable, it is costing $34,898 extra per week. Per week. $34,898 per week to keep that amount of food in the supply chain to be able to distribute to families and staff to be able to distribute that to families and to keep the truck on the road and fuel in the truck. I mean, you have a household, you know what it takes to run your household. It's the same with a business and with us. That is what our need is. So we wanted to let you know an update, tell you how much we thank you so much for your space and your support and your prayers. Please, please keep praying a hedge of protection from God around Meals by Grace and our staff and our volunteers and the families that we serve, that we will stay healthy. It is important that we stay out there and that we be serving and giving food to our families, but we need your prayers. We need help with funding. We need any ideas that you've got that we could continue to do what we do. Thank you so much for everything. I'm a hugger. I've missed hugging you. Can't wait to be back hugging again. Take care of one another. Please, anything you can do to help. We're so thankful. You mean the world to us. Thanks, Midway. Love you much. Hope to see you soon.
praise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy. I raise a hallelujah louder than the unbelief. I raise a hallelujah. My weapon is a melody. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. receive this benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face and his countenance to shine upon you. And today and to the weeks to come, may he give you peace. Amen. A little louder in the presence of my enemy. Sing a little louder. Louder than the unbelief. Sing a little louder. My weapon is a melody. been listening to the Meeting Midway podcast from Midway United Methodist Church. The doors to our community are open to all, and we invite guests to join us at our services on Sunday. We have a traditional worship service at 8.30 a.m. in our historic chapel, an acoustic worship service at 9.45 a.m. in our historic chapel, and a contemporary service at 11 a.m. in our modern sanctuary. For more information, check us out online at midwayumc.org. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon.